eat for lunch. Um, perhaps somebody has an interesting observation they'd like to share. Did, for example, you notice any congealings of mind? is part of what's called perception or samya it's the third of the aggregates and it seems to me it has three aspects recognizing kind of recognize that thing and then the word is snowing and because I was outside and I noticed the snow was coming and I, I also liked it I like snow and um so it kind of recognizing naming and there's an evaluating piece <coughs> where in this case it was taken to be good. The third piece isn't always there, but some often there's an implied or explicit evaluation. Good, bad, right, wrong would be blatant ones. But in this case, snowing uh, was, in my mind at least, kind of a, a good thing. At, at least right right now. <laughs> there are other times maybe it's not, but I tend to still get excited by, oh, it's snowing. Not everybody perhaps does it. Things balance out. I said ish. Hmm? Things balance out. I said ish. Snow. Ish? Not like. Oh. <laughs> I have a, maybe not an observation, but a question. Um, after the talk, I was thinking about, I really, I really um, got some awareness from the idea of that um, there's a self that has an intention on an object. And that's when um, some of the difficult experiences can arise, like anger or... Um, but then I was wondering, what is love? Does it take a self with an intention on an object for love to arise? Or is love more like not-self? And if it does take a self, for love to arise, then 
Wouldn't it be better not to try to drum up love either? Uh -huh. um, that's a question? I think so. Okay. Well, I'm going to leave part of that for everybody to answer themselves. But part I'd like to respond to first is in the dependent co-origination teaching, at least as I understand it, self in the sense of the way the word is used in the Pali language, like when we talk about not-self, it's not there at first. It's born later in the process. Now, in our psychological language, we speak of the self in a different sense, and that's closer maybe to what you were saying. But how about if we drop the notion of self for a little bit and just say there was intentionality, the congealing, and out of that, the object is, here's a schema one friend of mine has used. First, there's just kind of emptiness, and emptiness is the flow of experience, and mind is luminous, which is another old poly term. So that's just kind of the flow of, in the verse I've read from, it's all still formless. But when the object is congealed, then you get a subject. And at first they're in close relationship, and then they get separated and you get a space, and then that space gets filled with thinking, emotion, self-centeredness, and so on. So, so there's an awareness behind the intentionality, but let's not call that a self yet. Okay. And then the self is getting born at the same time, say, anger is getting born. Now, if a self isn't required at the start for experience, awareness, and I mean self in the sense of a fixed entity, there might still be the kind of very fluid, amorphous self of a lot of modern psychologists who never really define the word all that much. It's just sort of wherever experience happens, that's the self. So it's, it's not necessarily about an entity that's doing. I might leave plenty of space for love without anybody to do it. Of course, once it's happening, uh, the Pali word atta self, atta, which we translate as self, one of the old etymologies of it, it's, it's the doer. So the identification with doing or an activity is a version of self. So once there's hating, well, that one's already so kind of knotted and tangled, it's easy to have a sense of self. But might there be forms of compassion, love, loving kindness that don't have that congealedness? So, partial response. Although I, I went a little bit further than I originally intended.
about somewhat abstract things they're not physical sensations for example so it's hard to and it's not even emotion a lot of it it's so we can't they are these subtle movements of mind did you get earlier what I was when I talked about congealing the way our awareness will sort of anchor in and sort of be stuck Part of what I was saying, uh, that doesn't require a self for that to happen. The self part comes out of the congealing. And so her question about love, the way she phrased it, because you had sort of talked about self that intends, I was saying, well, maybe there, there's intending without a self. So it's kind of, is that a simpler way to put it? something that we're aware of and it passes. The noun seems like there's this separate being or entity or thing. So so I think that fits quite well. <clears throat> I guess I have a really difficult time with the concept of I don't see where you know, in your explanation of the first question Is there some way that 
that I can learn how to grasp, grasp that, how I can actually experience that. Mm-hmm. Well, part of it is maybe explore <clears throat> what you mean by self. Like, in early Buddhism, there's no concept of the self. There's just, it's just not part of the territory. sure because you brought it up the self the, I mean I kind of brought it up well she kind of brought it up <laughs> and we all bring it up and buy into it necessary to define what's doing those things? I guess my question, I guess that's part of my question is I try to experience that, not defining that. Is there something I can do to help myself or not? Maybe that's such a rich definition, maybe it's not too rich of a definition. Right. Or we're taught as we get educated and as we learn language we we're taught to you know identify with things as me and so that might be part of what's in the background of how you've just used the word the self I would say it's letting go of catching that congealing as I've put it today and letting go or in an activity, when you notice the inner dialogue, thinking, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, which is an assumption, but it's a very familiar, common sense assumption. So part Buddhist practice begins to question that, which doesn't mean assert the opposite. It's just... We don't have to make take either position and just let it be open. Because some people make the mistake of saying the Buddha said there's no self, which he never said. But our dualistic mind will say, self, there is no self. But that's not the middle way and it's, it's not the Buddha's teaching. Buddha's teaching is not self. And statements, all things are not self, or all phenomena are not self. So anyway, uh, catching the way we identify with whatever activity is taking place, whether it's loving or eating or breathing, watching snow or catching that sense of identity as it takes hold and then 
just at least recognizing it, noticing that that's, that's there. And then as you notice that, you see that it's a layer of thought and interpretation. It's not direct experience. It's always a verbalization, conceptualization, crystallization. It's, it's not itself the direct experience. And when you see that a few times, then it gets clear. And then you get interested in that more fluid space before that crystallization takes place. And then you see possibilities for what can happen in that space. Shall we have lunch? It's uh, 12.37. Shall we be back at quarter to two or two? Do folks go out and get stuff? Most people brought back lunches, I think. OK. back in here for a... Somebody wants to <coughs> put the second microwave on top of the dryer and plug it in there, then if people who need to heat up food will have two options to use downstairs for that. And uh, do you want everyone to eat together here, or can they spread out? Do you have any preferences? Um, my preference is people do whatever is comfortable. So we may go. <laughs> <laughs>